seems like every local in the valley here has a mountain bike. This sport is really exploding. I break the law. I ride an illegal trip. And it's getting away from the cops, the cars, the concrete. Those Abaka is the Chinese are down here. Using snowboarders together on a run, you're looking for trouble. You know, they get on skis and they just think they can overcome the world. The more you around, the more you're going to find out. I like to think that death is out of the question. The life starts at 40 miles an hour. You ride the chairlift for two or three weekends and you have to go like climb hills all week just to be even with God, you know. Welcome to Mind the Track with Powbot and Trail Whisperer. Ramblings from the skin track in winter, single track in summer, celebrating the core lords, and fostering the culture of mountain life in the Sierra Nevada and Great Basin. Today is May 23rd, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 11. And by the way, thanks for listening. Help spread the word. Leave Mind the Track a rating and a review subscribe on apple and spotify or your favorite podcast provider got feedback or core lord we should chat with drop us a line at mind the track podcast at gmail.com mind the track on instagram or just visit us at our website at mindthetrack.com today we're recording once again from the send Ratter mobile recording studio in the uh, little Toyota Sunraider 4x4 here on the shores of beautiful Donner Lake, taking in a gorgeous sunset with lots of snow still on Schallenberger Ridge here on May 23rd, uh, but it's melting fast. And sitting next to me in the old RV is the, the professor of POW, the director of the Powder Intelligence Agency in the United Shredders of Snow, the one and only POWBOT who just celebrated... 50 trips around the sun and rewarded himself with a new e-bike <laughs> yeah guy happy birthday buddy thanks man happy 50th hell yeah thanks thanks Cheryl whisperer 50 years young i love it i can't believe it it's it, it's been a wild week of just reflection and doing all the things that i love uh but being able to do it also with with the thoughts that i i have turned it's sort of a bit of a milestone yeah in life at 50 and, yeah, and you know, my, my I've always been the youngest kid in my family, uh-huh. and all of our families' families, and everybody we hung out with, and so I've just been a kid, and I've never lost sight of that. And I think it's been a big driving force in my life, and all my sort of passions for being outdoors is that I just sort of keep continuing the the, the Peter Pan syndrome, and I think it's done me well. It served me well, and I and I. And I don't want to lose that, but I'm also embracing somewhat the fact that I am, I am actually finally 50, and I'm I have gotten a little older. Are you feeling a little older at all? Or are you still feeling like I mean, because you charge so much? Like man, I so a little bit here and there, it body aches and pains for sure. Yeah, and and but in my in my mind's eye, I don't feel older at all, and I I feel like I can do everything I can that that I did when I was 25. Yeah. So so yes, but no. Yeah. And and I think that there's the other things in life that have that have sort of hit me that I need to sort of finally start dealing with. Uh mm-hmm. as as you turn that that page of being fifty and start getting the the double ARP cards in the mail. I was just gonna say you're a card holder, but I don't think quite yet. I don't was think fifty three or fifty five or something. Something like that. My neighbor brought over a really nice bottle of Japanese whiskey for me and told me that I was gonna get in a a card soon. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I, I feel like, like uh, retirement, like you're kind of of retirement age when you can start drawing on your 401k. You know what I mean? I think that's like 57 and a half or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fun. And my 50th was super fun. I got to, I got to do what I love to do. I had a two sport day. Yeah. I went to Palisades with my, my oldest brother, Ray came, he flew in from Michigan yeah. And spent the spent the morning with me, and then you know had high hopes of doing a double double sport day with me, and we uh, we ended up then heading over to uh, to Jackass Ridge, yeah, and helping out the Truckee Dirt Union boys and and doing a bunch of laps. I was kind of stoked ambassador that day. They kind of gave me a hall pass because it was my fiftieth birthday, yeah. so I just got to do a bunch of laps with people and hand out stickers and spread stoke. So that was super fun. Yeah. So I'll give a shout out to those guys. It was it was cool to be a part of their first day. It was an incredible turnout. 75 people, Something like right? 70 people, 70, yeah. 75 people. I counted like close to 75 the, people. The power of trail compels you. It's pretty awesome. I mean, just the number of people that showed up to that event, the Truckee Dirt Union event on Sunday, and, and uh, the amount of work that got done. And, and uh, yeah, that was your, what, your second e-bike ride ever? Yeah, so that one was my second e-bike ride. All right, so tell us about how you got this bike, because that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a cool story. So... <laughs> It's funny, you, you get a, you get a, sometimes you get some money in your pocket and it burns a hole in your pocket. And I, I happened to have some, some money in my pocket for about 45 minutes and bought an e-bike, <laughs> but it was all the way back in November of last year. I, I chased the first storm of the season down to Mammoth. The restaurant had taken its fall closure, which is, it's kind of funny how things come full circle and we're, we're, we're hitting the spring equinox. So it was really just six months ago that some bunch of things changed in my life, but I was down in Mammoth and chased the big storm down there in November down there. I was doing a whole bunch of powder skiing down in Mammoth that first week. And I'll give a shout out to those guys. Gosh, dang it. They know how to run a mountain. So we were down there for that first week and they opened the whole mountain. And it was like a cat skiing adventure in November at Mammoth. But I was down there with some friends and ended up getting a message that the, 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 the one of our businesses here in Tahoe had sold. We'd gotten a legitimate offer. And it was a pretty good chance that, that this was, the escrow was going to go through and then I was going to get a payday. So, I, you know, I b- bought a round of, of drinks for all my friends at the Liberty and Mammoth and was just sort of starting to tie one on. And I got another text message that said, hey, uh, there's a, the, the NorCal Scholastic Bike League was having their annual fundraiser that night. And a close friend of mine texted me and said that Mike's Bikes had donated a 2023 Heckler to the cause and that the starting bid was seven grand something like that. And so he asked me if I wanted to throw a bid in. And normally for every point to my life, up to that stage in my life, I would have said, Oh no, I'm, I'm not an e-biker. I, I don't believe in those things. I'm not into it. And, yeah. and I just had a, had a bunch of money burning a hole in my pocket for about 45 minutes and said, <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, let's do it. So I threw it, I threw a bid in and threw, you know, a pretty low bid in ended up winning the bike. So, uh, that was a bit of a carrot dangle for me all winter. I knew that at the end of winter that I, I was going to have an e-bike for me and Mike, Mike's bikes came through. They were really fun to, to work with. They were good with me and, and sorted me out. And just last week I drove down to Roseville and picked up a brand new e-bike. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And it's fucking yeah. insane. Yeah, it is. It's so fun. Anybody who says that they're not fun, doesn't get it. No. I, I agree. <laughs> They'll and, get it maybe one day, and if they don't, that's their loss. And you know, I spent awesome. I, I spent a good bit of last year sort of struggling with with the the two the two text chains with friends mm-hmm. that they were either going out on e bikes or they're going out for an Amish ride. Yeah, and it was one or the other, and I sort of ended up realizing that it's two sports. Yeah, almost. Uh, yeah, kind of. Kind of. It's it's a different mindset. 
you have to get you have to mind you have to kind of set your expectations up differently and and it just opens up a whole new world of riding it opens up new options that you just wouldn't reasonably do otherwise because it's just too stupid and painful like i'm I'm all for the type two suffer fiesta but sometimes it's just not worth it and then you get on the the e-bike and you're like i can do that ride and i can do it again tomorrow and i can do it again the next day and it's fun all of it yep. and so it just gives you more options and it's given you the option. One of the first realization I had on the thing this week was that I'm going to be doing this in my in my early 80s. Yeah, like I, I had this just this envision of like a of like a retirement community of a bunch of OG core lord shredders, like all in their late 70s and early 80s, just like ripping around on e-bikes. Totally. Yeah. Like oh, that's yeah. that's going to be us. It's going to be us, man, for sure. Yeah, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a fountain of youth and it's a time machine. It gives you time. It gives you time and it and it provides um this like that's a good way to feeling of youth. A time and machine. It's a time machine. It gives you time. Yeah. Which not many things in life can give you time. But yep. one of those bikes can. So I'm glad that you finally got one. So now we can do some if the weather cools off, um you know, we can do like a Shasta or a Lassen mission with some uh with some e-bike, e-bike to assist. ski, actually. Well, there's some yeah. news on that front. You actually don't you don't need an e-bike anymore. Oh, they got it La- plowed. La- Lassen opened to the devastated side this week. Oh wow. Yep. Yeah. Dang. So Lassen busy. Lassen's game on. And and the word, you know, I was going to head up to to Shasta later this week, uh, or earlier in the week, and uh, and pull the plug on it. We just really didn't have good temps. Yeah. And I had had a big uh, east side spring trip. I went to the east side the the first week I had off from work and went down there for a, a three night four day extended mm-hmm. trip a little bit deeper into, into some zones in the southern Sierras and just filled my cup from that trip. So I was I I felt like I wanted to sort of leave my season on a high note. Maybe I, I I may not be done, but I think I might be done. Yeah, you. So what? Real quick, what did you do down there? Mount Mary Austin is that yeah. What so actually, sort of cost cross tracks with the boys that we went out to uh, the the Tiobes with. Yeah, Connor, and Connor Willie. and Willie were on Mount Austin the day that we had we had skied Mount Austin the day before, uh-huh. and Mar- Mary Austin and I, I I wanted to do a little digging on that before we actually talked about this because I'm sure that I wanted to know the history of who she was. Uh huh. She's got a badass mountain named after her. Yeah. But we put uh, put a camp in. Uh, went on to Independence, loaded up heavy packs, walked in a long ways, and put a nice camp in about 10,500 feet. Uh, sort of found a decent water source and put a camp in a little bit above that. And ended up skiing Mary Austin. Uh, and then went in the next day, went in and skied the south face of Black, which is just a big east side giant, just a beautiful south face. Has and a, this is near down by Independence, or where is this? On, it's off 395? Yeah, it's down, way down 395. So we yeah. were in uh, like the Onion Valley access point. Mm-hmm. So it's Kursage Pass is the, uh, Kursage is the, is the one of the main access points to actually go over the, over the stairs to the west side down there. Mm-hmm. But we were in a couple drainages just north of that spot. Just by it's like Independence Peak. It's in the it's in the big sweet spot of the of the Southern Sierras. Yeah. Those are the real gem mountains down there, and they just yeah. they have so much snow. They're buried. Yeah, the Southern Sierras buried. Yeah, absolutely buried still. There was there was a spot where we we transitioned went up we skinned up to a high point to where we were then going to boot pack up a Kular, and there was a, a little bit of a, a glide crack. The snowpack had pulled off this cliff a little bit. And I got got to look down down where that cliff went, and it was like a hundred feet. 
There was a hundred feet of snow. Wow. Down God. this glide crack. It's just the place is buried. But anyway, we, we were up there. We skied Mary Austin. We skied South Black. And then we did a whole bunch of skiing on the north side of a, a peak called Dragon, which I just love the name. North Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and it was good. That stuff was all holding really, really good lines. And it was, uh, you know, all time of, day, time of day dependent. You know, you're skiing south, southeast aspects earlier in the day. And then yeah. the north, north, northeast, northwest aspects turned on in the afternoon. It looks like you guys got some insane corn. It was corn. It was corn holiotastic. <laughs> it really, it really, it really was corn holio. Yeah, it was a, it was a good trip down there, and so that that one kind of filled my cup. And I think I, t- I did. We had talked about it the other day, but I, I came home from that trip and I did the shoe shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, moving out the winter boots and pulling in the spring summer boots. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's the official transition. Yeah. I kind of felt like the springs in the air for me. Cool. And yeah. It's well, been fun getting on the bike the, this this week. Yeah. It's melting fast. I mean, I mean, there's still a lot to melt, but the river has been freaking raging, man. Like, so Sam Hamilton, who we had on the show, yeah, episode let's, three. Let's talk about that. What'd you he, get into? He took me rafting on the Truckee, man, with his, he has a little two man, uh, like you know river raft and uh we put in at farad and rode all the way back to verdi and i mean we're like 100 yards from the river so we just like walked back to the did house did you pull out right right there by the house right at the house dude it was so fun because i don't raft that often but i love it you know it's just it, I, I love water you know like just growing up in water and surfing and stuff and and i'm always down for a little kayak at, or rafting action and uh, yeah, so we were just sending it down all those damn faces, and it was super fun, man. And the river is just pumping. Yeah, like Sam's like, I've never seen it this high. Like it's the Truckee's really high right now. It's get, it keeps getting higher each day too. Um, so and it's gonna run like that majority of the summer. Yeah, yeah. So that was super fun. And where you been riding your bike? Um, what's, just, what's your what's your trail of the week? Uh, you know, Verdi, just backyard right now because yeah, you're, um, lucky. you're every, lucky. And everybody's coming down. It's funny. Everybody's coming down to Verdi <laughs> yeah. to ride bikes. I noticed like some of the um, not so official trails are being shuttled right now, and like, it, and it's it's cool. It's good to see, you know. But like, you know, everywhere in Truckee's kind of snowed out, so people are coming down the hill and they don't really want to ride Peavine. They're looking for something else to ride and. On the weekends, Verdi's pretty, you know, pretty busy for Verdi anyway. But the, you know, the flowers are popping right now. Like the the smell, it's like riding through a um, botanical garden. Like the smells in the air, like are crazy. Yeah. Like the bitter brush, oh, it's flowering, and the smells are sweet and like it's just amazing, dude. It's just like this olfactory experience while you're riding your bike, you know. So yeah, that's pretty much. And then you know, you know, we did a jackass lap or what is it now donkey town i call it jackass jackass lap (laughs) johnny's the mayor of donkey town um but yeah we did some you know donkey town laps or jackass laps over the on sunday with the tdu trail day and then uh and then yeah a little evening trail day or trail donkey town jackass rip today so and then i went on a gravel ride that was fun um, trying to get some miles in for some bigger adventures this summer on the bike, cool. you know? Um, but yeah, man. <clears throat> so Verdi, is it, it's probably pretty rewarding to get some high fives from the Tahoe crew that come down and, it and is. start, start discovering that you've been, you've been a busy little boy down there in Verdi. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so my trail of the week is is Carson City, and yeah, that yeah. was I I chased it down there with uh, my buddy Ben Whitney, who's an absolute shredder. I've just been it's he's one of those people that it just inspires me to ride. He's so fast. I've been chasing him for for years. So I got, that was my first e bike ride. So I actually got to keep up with him on the uphill. <laughs> but I rode uh, Ash to Kings into the new Lincoln Bypass, and kudos to the guys down there in Carson City. Yeah, Kevin the, Joel, muscle-powered, yeah, ripping. And, yeah. and again, down there, it's the same thing. It's just, it's like Heidi on the mountain, wildflowers everywhere. It's so green. Yeah, super And there green. were some sections of that Lincoln Bypass that were loam. Yeah. It was loam town. Yeah, yeah. Sections of the climb out of, out of Ash was a little drier, but there was some, some great riding in there. Heads up, there's some rattlesnakes hanging around. Oh, yeah. I saw a big gopher snake when I was riding the uh, other day. But mm-hmm. that was my trail of the week, and I think people should have, if people are looking for somewhere to ride uh, on that side of the hill, the, 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 the Ash to King's Loop now is a ripper. You can stay on single track the whole time. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, and you know, and, and even up in Susanville, actually, I think anything east side of the Sierra right now is, is yeah, it's game the east on. Side. It's east side. Yeah, you got to be on the eastern side of the, the Sierra. Um, Susanville has a bunch of good mountain biking, and they're actually having a mountain bike race this weekend, this Memorial Day weekend coming up. Um, called Riding High at the Ranch or something like that. Cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's east side is kind of where it's at right now with the snow melt and everything. Um, but is there, um, was there anything else you wanted yeah, to get into before know, we... I, so I've gotten some good feedback. We, we, I think you and I both have been getting some good feedback lately on the show. Yeah. And one of the things that I did get some feedback on and just sort of hear about was that people were really wanting a whole bunch of information about the trails that we're talking about. Yeah. And I think that you and I, especially for me coming from the ski world, I'm a little sensitive to, to not divulging, to just spoon feeding people. Yeah. Like, Hey, this is it. Like here's every information. Uh, and I think that our, that I just want to talk about like that, the aspect of our show, I think is to, is to share Stoke and to share just enough information that we're still leaving a little meat on the bone. Yeah. And, and to not spoon feed too much information so that people can go out and have hopefully the same sort of experiences and sense of adventure that we did originally when we started riding these places and, mm-hmm. and skiing these places and, and venturing on those places. How do you feel about that, Kurt? I'm 100% in your court, dude. Like, I, I, I purposefully don't tell people about certain places. Um, like, I've had people come up to me and, like, see a video I did or something of a cool trail or a cool spot. And they're like, where is that? And I go, I don't know. Go find it. Go figure it out. Go figure it out. Cross like, rap. Like, you yeah. know, I, I think there was this really cool book that, that this guy, John Fielder did in Colorado. He had, he actually went and, and took all of the old USGS survey photos mm-hmm. from Colorado. Yeah. And he went and found the exact same spots Yeah, and photographed it. Like, I think it was 50 years later, maybe, mm-hmm. but he, he, you could figure it out. Yeah, do, do, go out there. There's got to be some. Go, ad- go out the door. Go have an adventure. Yeah, and put your put your friggin' phone down. Put your friggin' phone down. Uh-huh. Don't pull up trail forks. Figure it out, man. Look at old maps. Look at USGS maps. Where do some deduction, like do some reasoning. You know, somewhere. Like. Where do the where do the bike trails go? Like, have you ever just gone for a ride and just simply followed trail? Yes, followed all the time. Tra- like that's like my favorite thing dusty. is just to go into the woods. Find a road that I've never been on before or a trail yeah. I've never been on before. So I'd like, let's see where this goes. I'm going to get lost for a couple hours and see where I end up. That's like one of my favorite things to do on a bike. Yeah. 
this like curated like kind of you know just on repeat type of thing where you know you're you're just i don't know it's just a i like to <laughs> my idea of a really good ride is when i see zero people <laughs> which was not tonight <laughs> which was not today that was the opposite but that's okay but that i also though. like to see people stoked and like the community show up and like you know what's going on at jackass is like great for the town and it's great for the sport and it's awesome but i'm just at that point in my life where i like to ride alone in the woods and be by myself and maybe see yeah. maybe one or two other people and have a, a really cool connection out in the middle of nowhere but that's just me so i i want to bring up one thing that that might sort of my take on some of this too was that i had moved up to jackson hole the the year that they dropped their boundary way back in the day i think it was a wednesday and, and <laughs> i'm using that one a lot from scott kessler but yeah. it was back in the day and and someone up there had already done the jackson hole ski atlas and that book to me was my bible it and it, and it wasn't so much a guidebook it was just it, it's a coffee table book and it's a it's a you know they they published it cheaply they did black and white photographs in a coffee table book it wasn't a hardbound but it was a softbound coffee table book and it was black and white photographs and it was simply just the photograph of that's backcountry skiing zone and yeah. then maybe the name of the peak. Right. And there was no other information. Yeah. And that year that I was there, I, I would take that book and go down to the local copy store, the mail center place, and I would make, I just do make black and white photocopies of that thing and then put it in my pack. Yeah, there you go. And yep. then just figure out where the trailhead was and then figure out those lines from an aerial photograph. Yeah. And someone else did, there's a, someone out there right now who's doing co these ski atlas books. Someone did one for Tahoe. Yeah. And they're just, I, to me, they're just giving up too much information. Too, too detailed. It's too detailed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, well, that's my take on the show. And, and what I would like to, to give people is like, I, you know, we're going to spoon them some information, but it, we're, we're, we're not going to give you the whole bowl of soup. Uh, yeah. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to make you work for it. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm glad we got that one out. Yeah. And it's funny. So you mentioned, um, paper, paper, uh, images or whatever that you put in your pack. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to introduce our guest. He's been waiting very patiently, yeah. so we, I want to yeah. introduce him here in a it's, second. It's, but I want to lead up to that by saying, um, you know, I've done some big bike packing adventures, which is our guest tonight is like go, about to embark on a huge one. Mm -hmm. And I would print out maps, like 30 freaking pieces of paper, 40 pieces of paper in my pack and reference them yep. instead of my phone because like I just didn't I was like I want the freaking paper map dude it's just it's never failed people for more than a century like it works you yep. know in the even in the worst case scenario it works unless it's non-waterproof and you're in a downpour and you're lost but you know aside from that it works um but yeah so is there anything else you want to mention before we dive into you know, our guests. maybe just, uh, yeah, like I'll, I'll get this heavy one out of the way. Just a, a little a PSA, a public service announcement, announcement, but I'm going to call it a public shred announcement. And since I'm 50, since I'm 50. I'm 50. Yeah, you remember I, that I, Saturday Night Live <laughs> thing with Mary I, Catherine Gallagher? Not her. I can't remember. I, I do. I, I am just going to say that it's 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 just something to talk about. And, and, and if, if we can be some people that, that help spread the word and get, and get people to, to do this stuff, but I am going to go in and go get a checkup and do all the things I need to do that I'm 50 
Yeah, particularly skin. You know, I'm going to go get the skin cancer checked. Wait, have you have you had a when was the last time you had a checkup with a doctor? A, a long time ago. Okay, so I'm yeah, in the same boat, so, dude. And Swan John has been nagging me that's like, the when thing. the fuck? Well, sorry, when are you going to yeah. <laughs> go to the doctor? And I'm like, yep, I, yep. I need to do it. So yeah, it's good that I'm talking about it then because that you're yeah. you're, my, you're the first person I'm hopefully going to affect then, and say that I am raising my hand and saying, hey, I've I've been off the back of the bus here. And I haven't been good about it, but I'm going to go get all my, go get my things on my skin checked. And, and if they're, if they're changing. You get the finger up the butt? I, yes. <laughs> I'm going to go do that. <laughs> got to dread that uh, one. <laughs> yes. I got to, I have to, I got to do it. So, yeah, you know, no, that's my, right. my public no. shred announcement because I want to keep shredding. I want to shred forever. Exactly. Especially after I got this new e-bike. I'm just, I want to keep doing this stuff that we do forever. Yeah. So. I, I did have that realization this week that I need to sort of stay up on my on my my health aspects and and go see the doctor and go get the things that uh, I go get screened for the things that'll get me, and I did someone else close to me uh, with someone that I work with uh, was just diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. So uh, I, I and it's been in my life. There's been some other family members are very close to me that have have battled it and, and mm -hmm. won. So I, I I just think that my PSA for for turning fifty is to help. Hopefully, if if I can affect anybody listening to the show, to say you know if you're older and you need it's been a while since you've been seeing the doctor, go do it. Especially if you have something that you think should get looked at, don't ignore it. Yeah. So that's my PSA. We've got a couple birds hanging out. I was gonna here. say, what the hell is that? It was just a couple that's birds darn on the rail blue by jays. Now. That's Jay's. Yeah, no, good, good one, man. You're you're totally hundred percent on point, and uh, yeah, I, cool. Well, I, thanks for the reminder. Yeah, <laughs> stop putting it off. Go go get that finger up the bum. Yeah, uh, just yeah. get it over. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. Um, well, so well, why don't you that, take it off? With yeah. That said, with that said, <laughs> finger up the bum. Let's bring on. Let's bring on our guest. Once you introduce our guest. Yeah. So we are lucky to have the the one and only Jake Mon. Jake Mon. Uh, Jake Mon. Who's Jake Mon? Uh, he's Jakey Poo. Jakey Poo Mon. Jakey Poo known to some, but he is the uh, founder of the Truckee Bike Packing Collective. He's also an executive member of the Extraterrestrial Council. He's the Minecraft beer archaeologist, and he's the barbarian of the modern day mullet and bitchin' mustache. Well, <laughs> welcome to the show, buddy. What an intro. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> the mullet must come back for this trip. So, And he's got a radio me. voice, too. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> it was pretty hard not to laugh earlier. I mean, th that was that was pretty classic. Which what the, the finger up the bum part or what? Which, yeah, I, I like that. That was a segue coming into this conversation. <laughs> with well, so so I don't know. You're too young to have to go through that, but you are about ready to get a bike seat up, a bike seat up the bum <laughs> for about thirteen hundred miles. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd rather just have my finger up my butt. Yeah. <laughs> real quick, just real quick. I don't know. I think I'd rather go for a really long. Yeah, bike maybe ride you're too. right. It's all about the smooth and fast, you know. So, <laughs> all right. So let's let's turn the corner here. But we 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 have Jake on the show because I saw on your Instagram you did a a, a public service announcement of your own that said that you had <laughs> quit your job. You you read Springfield's book here. Yeah, and, that's right. And quit your job, and you're heading off on the bike for for how long? Uh, hoping to get up to the Olympic Peninsula from Truckee in about five weeks or so. Five weeks, okay. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, mostly f uh, dirt and single track and inevitable a little bit of, of pavement going up there too. So. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Don't know cool. what the road looks like ever, so it should be an adventure as always on the bike. Awesome. Huh. And you have a little bit of a cause that you're you're riding for too. Why yeah, don't you tell so us about that a little bit? I was going to do this trip regardless. Um, so I figured I would raise money for an organization that could benefit um, through bikes, uh, which was the World Bicycle Relief um, Organization. Uh, they're mostly focused in Africa, um, some Middle East, as well as South America, but they provide people with bicycles. Uh, each bicycle is about $165 to build. Um, it helps out people in communities travel to towns. Um, in return, it betters their life. They can transport their belongings way quicker. They're saving hours out of their week. Um, it's a pretty inspiring thing, and the data is pretty easy to see um, once you raise the money for it. So pretty excited for um, a lot of money going to a lot of good people awesome. out there. <laughs> yeah. And how can people can people how can people help you out on on that front and help out that cause? And how can people follow along for for this adventure you're about to go on? Yeah, so I start a fundraiser page. Um, it's the link is in my Instagram. Uh, my handle's not Jake Man. It is me. I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a couple flyers floating around town as well. Um, but yeah, just reaching out through friends. Um, the community's small up here. Um, spreading the word is huge. Um, just cool. Again, yeah, word of mouth. Well, is we're we're super we're important. talking word right now. So let's hopefully we can scrap. Get the, get the word out on what you're doing. So, again, his your Insta, so, just so people not aren't confused. Jake Mon. It's at, at not Jake Man. At not Jake Man. <laughs> Got it. But it is M-A-N-N. Me. But, but it ends. is you. Okay. Maybe a third end after this trip. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe it might a third end. We're, we're just adding ends on the last name as we go along. If you ride enough miles, you get an extra end. Yeah, it's about a thousand. <laughs> cool so so how so what what got you into bikepacking is it's a kind of a unique thing to fall fall into i i've only done one trip over the years for me i rode the, a good section of the lost coast yeah. back in the day on a wednesday and we did that one with maps that was yeah. pretty cool was, yeah. we, waterproof ones i hope i think so yeah, we went went into some store way up north and bought a bunch of maps and just sent it and went for it. But that that's nice. been my one bikepacking trip, and it really was fun and rewarding. But I haven't come back to it, so I know you've done a few of them. So what is it to you that is drawing you back out on the road for a, a long trip like that? Yeah. Um, so when COVID hit, I was I was actually working for you uh, mm-hmm. at Pianetta, and uh, the world went kind of sideways there, and I quit both jobs at the natural food store and at Pianetta. And about three months, three months into COVID, I got a text from somebody I hadn't talked to in about seven years. And he's like, Hey man, uh, what are you doing this summer? I said, well, first of all, how are you? I haven't, I haven't haven't talked to you in a long, long time. He's like, Oh, good, good, good. And, uh, he's like, what, what are you doing this summer? It's like, well, nothing. He's like, well, you want a bike from Canada to Mexico on the Rocky mountains on all dirt roads. And I was like, I'm going to roll up a joint and pour a glass of whiskey. I'm going to call you back in like 30 minutes. I'm not really sure what you just asked me. So I called him back. I booked a plane ticket that evening. Uh, I had never ridden more than 20 miles on a bicycle before um, in a day. And I was in Portland, Oregon. We rendezvoused, got our stuff together, learned about bike mechanics and bike packing in about 12 days up there. And drove up to Whitefish, Montana and started bike packing in Grizzly Country all the way down to New Mexico. 
Um, and from then on, I and was that was your intro. Fully, yeah, fully hooked on bike packing after that. And what was your background in cycling or mountain biking before? Prior to that, oh, maybe like backyard trails, state parks in Vermont. But I probably hadn't been on a bike in, gosh, I don't know, ten years or so. Oh wow, wow! Yeah. So you kind of off the couch that entire adventure. Totally, yeah. And I was actually doing laps around Donner on a you know an old '80s Schwinn bike with two front. Uh, cassettes or uh, chain rings, rather, just you, totally warped. You had a derailleur. Yeah, front derailleur. Uh, yeah. It didn't really work. Like, that sounds was, like Rocky. Like... Were you like Rocky training? Just like <laughs> raw, just raw AF, and just with an old bike, just trying to put miles on. Oh yeah, but I mean, the miles I was doing around Donner was maybe two laps, which is you know fourteen <laughs> miles, and then packed up and went up. So you, yeah, and so at any point on that trip where was there a kind of a wall you hit physically or did you kind of just take to it and and kind of just was it was it challenging oh yeah i mean day two we were in snow and a lightning storm and the guy i was with went borderline hypothermic oh boy Um, day two yeah Hmm. well spicy (laughs) welcome to bike yeah (laughs) a lot of questions went through my head when that uh situation happened <laughs> everyone's got a plan till they get punched in the face yeah, yeah. it was pretty it's pretty heavy but <laughs> <laughs> so then you came out the other side of that day too and then what what was kind of what was running through your head after that second day like what did i just sign up for or yeah we we made it back down to whitefish uh stayed on the lake there and you know all kind of separated and sat on the lake by ourselves and uh kind of thought about what we were doing um we had about 1500 miles more of grizzly country maybe a little bit less and uh it was it was pretty hairy um it's really a remote trail the bears I, or the riding both yeah um the bears were there we didn't see a lot of them but you, there's a lot of scent or, uh tracks and scat you see, scat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we saw one severed deer head on the side of the trail that was still bleeding. I mean, it was like Ooh, fun. pretty raw out there in Montana. Yeah. But yeah. I that's I can't move there. I could never live there because I, I can't live anywhere where I'm not the top of the food chain. You totally. Know, like, I mean, you get eaten a grizzly will eat you, right? And a and a moose will stomp you to death. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to stay in the Sierra where, you know, we have bears, but they're generally kind of afraid of us. They're not, like, going to come eat you. All we have are big kitties here. And cats generally are not interested in humans. They like to watch us more than they want to attack us, especially in the Sierra where they're well-fed. But so you – how many days was that trip? How many weeks, I should say, or months? Uh, Mm -hmm. Months, yeah. So (laughs) being your first trip and all. You made it past day two. We made it past day two. We went back into Whitefish. Um, we did all of Montana. It was me, my buddy Luke and my friend Ruby, who I actually met in Portland. Um, we did all of Montana, 72 miles in Idaho, all of Wyoming and we got Colorado. And I said, I gotta go. I'm going to go do the rest of this by myself. We were all staying in the same tent, all three of us in a three man tent. So it was, Oh God, it was pretty close quarters. Um, (laughs) we got to know each other pretty well. Oh my God. You said you got to go because you couldn't stand being in a three person tent with three people anymore. You know, those three person tents are not designed for three people. They're designed for like one and a half Americans. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're designed for like three, maybe Japanese people, but one and a half Americans. That's my, my kid. I, I use these really lightweight two man tents. 
but they're for one one person. I use them as one one man tents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one and maybe a dog. Right. Yeah, one yeah. in a backpack. Right. Totally. Yeah. So did the, did your other partners bail on the whole trip, or did they keep riding? Yeah, so they got a bump up to Kremling, which was uh, about 100 miles ahead of Steamboat Springs. And one flew out from Denver. The other person uh, finished Colorado with another group of girls. Mm-hmm. And I did Colorado by myself and then linked up with a girl who I'm still really close friends with and did New Mexico together, um, despite there being a... 14-day quarantine period during COVID because this was the first summer of COVID in 2020. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You did this during the 2020 COVID season. It was 2020 summer. Oh, man. So the world was melting down. So, like, when you had to go into into a store to get food, was it just bizarro world? Everybody, surprisingly, was extremely welcoming. Um, I stopped in Crested Butte, which is in southern Colorado, and really thought about if I should go into New Mexico. Um because there's going to be like three day stints without resupplying, right? Yeah. So if you roll into a town and they're saying, hey, man, you should not be here, the world's kind of sideways, and they decide not to serve me food, I'm kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere with a lot of sun and no friends. Um, so it was a pretty heavy decision, but we went through and everybody was extremely welcoming. I mean, they were stoked to have cyclists coming through because there wasn't a lot of people on the trail that year. Yeah, well, well, it's interesting because there was this kind of moment where, um, you know, the, a lot of these towns were like, don't come here. We don't, don't, your tourists aren't welcome. And so it, it was kind of a weird time because it seemed like some communities didn't care and they were welcoming and then other communities were freaking out. Yeah. But was, you never, ex- really never experienced that unwelcoming vibe, really? Not once. Not once. Not once, which was extremely mind-blowing. I mean, I, yeah. It yeah. was a huge. I stayed in Crested Butte for five days, thinking about if I should go into New Mexico. But what were you riding? What bike were you riding? <laughs> so uh, upon quitting my jobs the first time, um, I gained a lot of unemployment money, and I bought myself a brand new Kona Sutra steel frame gravel bike, and uh, that was my steed for the whole the whole trip. Um, I so stored. drop bars, no suspension. Totally. Um, uh, gear, did you have, what kind of gearing was it? Uh, I think during that trip, I think I had a 38 up front and 11 speed. So you were one by? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, there's a couple hills to be pushed up. Yeah. Mount, wow. That's called mountain by hiking, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> In the Truckee Bike Packing Collective, uh, we call it the Truckee Bike Walking Collective because there's a couple <laughs> of those hills, too. <laughs> so I love it. You you turned all your COVID cash into a, a really nice bike packing bike packing bike man i should have got i should have gotten in on that covid cash damn it i I guess i got some just by default but should have applied for more so (laughs) you you (laughs) so you you did that whole trip you finished you finished the the finished the whole section of trail that you had intended to ride totally yeah the uh, the canadian portion was closed because of covid Mm -hmm. so you couldn't get into canada so i missed the top 300 and change my i think it's 300 and change up to Banff. Um, but yeah, it rode uh, fence to fence, Canada to Mexico. Um, came back and everybody thought I was going to be sick of biking, but 
Maybe that's that's re- when it set in with you, I think. Oh, totally. It was game on from there. What did you do prior to riding bike uh, this trip? Like, were you a skier or a snowboarder or like a any other runner or any kind of other sports? Growing uh, up? Yeah, growing up, I played soccer my whole life. I mean, all the different, you know, high school sports. Ball sports. Um, ball sports. Mm-hmm. A lot of ultimate. Got into disc golf. Moved here. Tom definitely introduced me and took me under his wing for uh, split boarding. Yeah. Um, that was nice. kind of what I went after for a couple of years mm-hmm. there pretty uh-huh. heavily with you. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Another another mentor. Tom's yeah. mentored a lot of a lot of youth, man. It's awesome. Very honored. Uh, Jake's 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 one of the boys. <laughs> He's oh, family. Yeah. We have fun out there. So, w- tell us a little bit. So that a- after that ride, you've learned a lot. How has your kit changed? Yeah. Like what have you what have you learned for bike packing and what, what do you what do you bring? What do you leave? What's yeah. essential? What, um, what have you learned in that world? Definitely, what I've learned is that I need more bikes. Um, since but you I've, can only ride one bike on this trip. <laughs> totally, but it's good to have a good quiver, you know. So gained a f- full suspension bike. Never had ridden a full suspension bike um, prior to that trip. I came back and got totally hooked on riding mountain bikes, um, which kind of led into mountain bike packing, which is something that's not always the most fun. Yeah. Um, I took a stab at the Colorado Trail last year and. It was pretty gnarly out there. You got slapped. Totally. What is, what is summer on record in about like twenty years? Uh, I turned around after three hundred thirty miles. But how many, was that? Like a seven hundred mile? It's like five thirty. Okay. Like seventy two thousand feet of uphill. Yeah. And it's, and it's mostly single track. Oh all, yeah. Or all. It's all. Almost, almost all, all. Yeah. 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 The hiking trail CT is all single track hiking yeah. trail. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of detours through wilderness zones, so um, you have but, to go. You have to, you're gonna have to go back on a drier summer and finish finish that one. <laughs> check that one off. Yeah, the above tree line lightning though. It's I don't know. If it's that's, real. Yeah, it's real. I, I lived in Colorado for. Oh about God, ask Christine yeah, there about that. <laughs> I lived in Colorado for a number of years, and the 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 wet summers are real there. Yeah, I experienced a, a couple of really wet summers there. Yeah, it just it just non. It's like Noah's Ark. <laughs> Yeah, it well, can really feel like that there. You were saying, I mean, in Colorado, right? It's like pretty, like much like clockwork. Most summers, it's thunderstorms at three o'clock in the afternoon. But you were saying it was happening at like noon or one. Or... Oh yeah, it was. I mean, it was nothing I was really prepared for. Um, I mean, that's the beauty of bike packing in places you don't know. You just never know what's going to be there for weather or road or single track or yeah, what's ahead of you. Yeah, are yeah. you bringing your phone on the trip? Yes, because yeah, for updating. sure. Yeah, it's a good safety item to have. Um, I have that and a satellite phone. You do have a satellite phone for sure. Okay. Yeah, I check in every morning, every night, because uh, I do a lot of these trips by myself. So, parents are always wondering, friends are wondering, and it's just yeah. a good safety thing to have. That's a good comfort item. Yeah, totally. So, what's your camp? I, I'm kind of. I want to lean into the like. What's your camp kit like? Yeah, totally. Um, I my uh, comfort item is definitely. Besides the sap phone is my two-man tent. It's a little bit bigger, but it's a big Agnes Tiger Wall. Okay. It packs up pretty small. I think it's just about three pounds with the uh, blueprint of it. Um, it's great. I mean, if it's raining, it's a good comfy spot to sit, stretch, read. Um, feel kind of safe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a mobile house, honestly. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like cramming into a bivy or cowboy camping right yeah right 
It's fun, but it's a, it's a good probably. A, there are some weight penalties you're willing to sacrifice for, and that sounds like. But having one. a good tent's not one you want to risk. Totally, yeah, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, rock a this the summer. I'm gonna rock just 35 degree big Agnes bag. I got at the thrift store. Mm-hmm. Um, works great. Super comfortable. It's an XL. And my whole body fits into it. Zips up over my head. So no mosquitoes for me this summer. Um, what kind of bike are you riding on this one? I'm gonna ride my Surly Karate Monkey. Oh, that's a good bike. I built it up. Uh, this is my first bike build I've actually done with the help from all the boys at the backcountry. Shout out to you guys. They're rad. Um, mm-hmm. All the people and owner. Um, but yeah, it's got a GX drivetrain group set, uh, Rockin' Hope hubs, some EX511 wheels, um, and I threw my gravel tires on there, which were 2.2 icons, um, which are yeah. pretty, good, yeah. pretty S- wide gravel Suspension? Tires. Uh, yeah, I yeah. put a 100 millimeter travel good. sit on the front. Yeah, good. It locks and out. It, and is it a, what kind of bars then? Is it a drop bar bike? Uh, no, it's flat bars. And I've it's got, flat bars. yeah, I got a deity cockpit with some aero bars that I'm Ooh. giving a spin this summer. Oh, dang, aero bars. Oh, be very aero. cool. So that you could, you could <laughs> almost wear get tight fitting clothes too. What's that? Oh, you okay. wear tight fitting clothes too. Oh, yeah. I, there's a couple <laughs> options for fundraising. I got my speed suit in the back. <laughs> Fossa Bortolo, shout out to Italy. So with a with a bike like that, you can almost <laughs> drop drop camp and go for a little rip on some single track here and there, eh? Oh, 100 percent. Um, I do have like a little bit of a timeline getting up there, uh, flying back for a wedding here, but then going right back up uh, to the PNW to explore, ride Bellingham. My friends driving my full squish bike up there. Oh, nice. Yeah. So oh, there that'll you go. be cool. Get a full taste. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh. And you have a dropper on that Karate Monkey? I do. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. You're going to have a blast, dude. That's a good bike with suspension and a dropper post. Hardtail. Uh, big, oh, you said uh, 2.2 tires? Two twos up to Bend and then yeah. riding the timber trail from Bend up to Hood River. So that's mostly single track. I've heard it's kind of gnarly. Yeah, I'll be switching tires in Bend for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's pretty rocky. Yep. Um, and so... Talk to us a little bit about the route and what kind of research you've done and kind of like, yeah. tr- you know, like you're, you're going from Rena or Truckee to uh, Port Townsend, Washington. How did you um, scout what you're going to ride and, and uh, the research and how much research have you done on the trails or roads or whatever you're doing? Yeah, so uh, I got COVID probably about two years ago now. I was pretty bored in my bedroom because I couldn't do anything. So I routed from Truckee to Bend. Um, just looking at dirt roads. Um, comboed a couple like gravel events in there. Found a rail trail up to Shasta. Um, and just kind of checked off a couple landmarks that I wanted to go visit. Um, mm-hmm. Which was Lassen, Mount Shasta, Crater Lake, Newberry Volcanic Area. And then Bend where I have a bunch of friends that I haven't seen in so long. Um, and then from there, I just kind of tied in the timber trail, um, up to hood river. And then that links into the dark divide, which is routed this past fall, which is a new event riding from Olympia, Washington down to Portland. Um, okay. And then so there's the, a route for that. And you're just going to follow that route. Totally. So it's Smart. a, it's a combination of a bunch of different routes and yeah, I'm going to take a It's going to be the it. Jake Mon route. Jake Mon route, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it should be uh, it should be smooth, but you never know how many rocks are in the red. 
Oh, there'll be a few, I think. I think so. Well, you know, we were talking earlier. We did a lap with Jake at, uh, at Jackass this evening, and uh, you know, I mentioned the 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 uh, Susan the Susanville the Biz Johnson. You got to ride that, man. That's a rail trail that'll take you all the way into you know Chester and uh, and and points in and up to Lassen eventually. But yeah, take that route. That's yeah. A, the the Susan River is it's really pretty. It'll be pumping with water right now too, with I all the imagine. snow melt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. I uh, I'm totally gonna take that route now that you've mentioned it, and that I'm aware of it. Um, it's cool how the route kind of forms over time. Originally, I was gonna drop into Portland and uh, see my buddy who I did the divide with. Actually, just mm-hmm. kind of like a nostalgic place for me to be. Yeah. Um, and a friend showed up at New Moon where I was working. He's like, hey, uh, you going on this trip? You should stop by the house. We're right on the White Salmon River, just north of Hood River. And I was like, oh, man. You should definitely go that way. Yeah. So I rerouted once already. So yeah. uh, this is should, my second reroute. So. You should definitely go that way. And the other thing, too, man, is like one thing that I've learned with doing bike, big like bike missions, multi-day missions is um, it, it really pays it really pays dividends to talk to some locals about the trails or the roads you're wanting to ride because I've, we've been in situations where, you know, we, we figure out a route and we're like, yeah, that looks good. And then we talk to someone like, Hey, what's this, what's the status of this trail? And they're like abysmal and regrettable and don't do it. Like <laughs> you'll be climbing over 20 miles of down trees and you're like, Oh my God, you know, I'm so glad I talked to that person. So a lot of that, if you ha- haven't already, if you have routes in mind and you're not sure, like if you haven't been able to like kind of get m- good beta from the internet about like the status, definitely do do some digging and see if you can find some locals who ride bikes and can give you kind of a report or a recommendation on an alternate route because it'll, it'll just make your trip so much. The one thing that was... <laughs> Like as a writer, you know, I try to write stories that are inspirational for people. And um, I, there was this time at like in the kind of the last couple of years of Bike Magazine, they would write these stories. There were these stories, man, that were just like these type three bike adventures where it's just not no part of it sounded fun whatsoever. And I was just like, this doesn't... It doesn't ins- have to be like that. No, it doesn't. It, I was like, this doesn't inspire me. This makes me... All it makes me think as I read this is, I'm so glad I wasn't on that ride, <laughs> you know? And it's like, you want to stoke people out and get people motivated and inspired to do something big and rad. And part of it is a lot of research and like knowing where you're going to go. Yeah, there's going to be some uncertainty for sure. But you can generally minimize the you know type three type situations by just doing some diligence and digging and talking to people and get you know yep. and, and it'll make the trip so much more enjoyable you know and the bike world is so inclusive like that you, you, oh yeah that you're like people love to share they, they do they're like you're doing what they're not okay. like us where we're like i don't know go find it yourself <laughs> dude we're not going to give you all the info you lazy ass <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I found that everyone's pretty pretty inclusive with that one for when sure you, when yeah. you need beta especially with well, like random are, dirt roads and yeah. stuff when people are going on a big there is in my experience there is nothing more um people love to see other people on a big bike adventure like the outpouring of support and stoke from 
the community, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, if you have a bunch of crap strapped to your bike and you look like dirty and sweaty and like you've been riding a bike for weeks or months, people come up to you and they're like, where are you coming from? And where are you going? They just love it, dude. They yeah. love the to see people adventuring on a bicycle and they will put you in their house. They will give you a hot shower. They'll give you dinner. Like they're just so people in general so giving and welcoming to cyclists have you jake have you had that experience oh for sure we actually have a term for it uh it's called campground whoring and we just (laughs) go around in circles around campgrounds until somebody would say hey where are you going you want a beer (laughs) and it was religious like every time we it would happen every time we'd go around campground and oh it was it was pretty classic it's kind of like the pct hikers i guess right like they kind of have that same thing like they're always you know cross-eyed and wandering around and people help them out or there's you know like trail fairies that give them food and drinks and stuff like that not this year not no yeah what's going on oh you were gonna that was was one thing you were gonna mention what's going on i might as well just quick sidetrack sidetrack but one of my ski partners when we were down south on this last trip he didn't come in right away, so he was he was sorting some more gear and had to go get some stuff. So he he picked up a, a PCT or at there at there at the at the trailhead in Onion Valley and uh-huh. at Independence and gave him a ride into town. And this guy was all proud that I think he was the first or second or third PCT hiker of the year. He was I'm in front of everybody, but he, he, he gosh no knows when he left the. The, the southern terminus of it, but he, he hadn't made it very far in the Sierras. And and everywhere, his future is just dismal. I, and I, I just got to say, if anyone is listening to this, like... Don't it, do it. If you have this summer <laughs> off, do what Jake's, Jake Man is doing. Yeah. Don't decide that hiking the PCT is a great idea this summer. It's not. It, no. It's, it, it may, I, I, I would think it would be a great year to try to cross-country ski it. That's what someone should be doing. Yeah. But trying to snowshoe thing, that thing right now with these warm tents and all the water gushing and all the fissures and holes forming and oh, I can't imagine what this is going to happen. I, you, I, you, you think there's going to be some fatalities? Who knows? I, I don't want to wish that on anybody, but I, I think that if if anybody needs a summer project, that they should maybe go out and make a documentary. Yeah. If there if there's a film person out there, like go make a documentary of the people who are all attempting to, to hike the PCT. Because it's going to be a, ugh, I can't imagine what it's going to be like. Just or just wait. Snowy. That'd be, it, that would, it's going <laughs> to. That'd be my snow, first guess. Snow. Snowy. So, well, slushy <laughs> snowy. There's so, snow. I mean, there's powder. Trust me, I love powder, but I don't like isothermic, weird, hot summer snow. Yeah. Especially in 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 boots. Yeah. And a heavy backpack. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, getting getting back to Jake's adventure. <laughs> yeah, his adventure sounds so much better. Plus, um, up in the Pacific Northwest, they did not have the winter that we yeah, had, so it's not nearly as snow covered up there as it is here. Maybe the PCT should start north and go it's, south. You just skip north. Yeah, yeah, to do the river, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So, Jake, you um, you're heading through Bend, and then you're going to head through uh, Hood River. And uh, white, white salmon. Right? Correct. Yeah. And then, and then from there, are you just stand. Are you going to stay on the east side of the Cascade, or are you going to dive to the west side of the Cascade? It's kind of. It's a little bit. I think it goes right up the gut. Um, I Good. think I have a couple of the big mountains on either side of me. Um, it's on. The, I think the range is called the Dark Divide. 
Uh Um, And yeah, it boogies right up to Olympia. And then from there, it's pretty flat, you know, pavement. And you're you're jumping out to the peninsula or the, um, was it? The Olympic 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 Peninsula to avoid Seattle. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no need to mess around over there. Yeah. Not enough cool scenery. A lot (laughs) of tall buildings. Yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's the that's the goal is to make it up there in five weeks. A um, couple of rest days involved, see some friends. Um, provide, what does that average out to mileage wise per day? What uh, do you have to average? Let's see. So it's like forty days, and that's with five rest days. So I think I computed it as about thirty-five days of biking would be thirty-five miles a day with twenty-eight hundred feet of climbing. So. So you got That's doable. Very doable. You got your work cut out for you though. hundred I mean, percent. And at thirty five miles a day, it just I guess it depends on because some days you're gonna probably do fifty to sixty and other days you're gonna be doing maybe thirty, depending on the terrain. Like the timber trail part of it, I bet you you're gonna be having some lower mileage days. I think so, yeah. yeah. And a couple couple buddies might come up and meet me there and I always get a good boost of energy from friends riding. Yeah, I was going to ask trail. If, if anyone's going to show up and and join in for s- certain sections. Of yeah, the look, ride. looks like a couple friends are going to come up for the timber trail. At least one, uh, maybe a second. And yeah, cool. again, it's it's super it's super rad riding with people after biking by yourself for a thousand miles, or probably at that point it'll probably only be about six hundred. But it's super fun to have people to rally with. Yeah, it's it gets you it gets you fired up. It kind of it rejuvenates you. Yeah, you don't go as loco crazy in your head. Right. As fun as that is sometimes. Totally. I know. <laughs> now, how are you carrying the gear on your bike? Are you, are you throwing all the weight on the bike? Are you carrying a big backpack? Or how are you uh, carrying your weight? Are you a trailer guy? No trailer guy. No trailer. Good. Thought about no, it. Don't, yeah. Never going to do it, though. No. Not on a, not if you're riding <laughs> single track, dude. Yeah. No need. No. Uh, yeah, no, I try to ride without a pack on my back. Yeah. Um, if anything, I'll ride a hip pack, but honestly, yeah. free the back. It's the way to go. It's way more comfortable. Way better. Um, so, yeah, I got a handlebar bag. I ride two mounts on my fork, um, and then I'm in between deciding if I'm going to ride a seat post bag or a rear rack. Uh, yeah. I have the rear rack. It's a little bit heavier. Or C-post it's a bag. steel, like a, one of those steel rack things. Yeah, from you... Old Man Mountain. It's, it's sturdy. I did the Colorado Trail with it. But oh, you did, and it held up. It, oh, it holds up. It's just a lot of extra weight, and when you have the room to put more stuff to, you're gonna pile it in there. Um, what kind of so what kind of bags do you have currently? Um, I use a lot of Revelate bags. Yeah. Um, but I've actually been selling my own bags. Um, so I'm so yeah, so I, I've, I've distributed a couple to friends, um, for, you know, a little chunk of money, which is not much, but it helps support my, you know, food budget for the trip. Um, but I'll be selling my own frame bag. I sewed my own paneers for the Colorado trail. Um, so I might wow. refurbish those ones. Did you learn that? I mean, did you self kind of pull up a YouTube video and learn how to sew or were you a seamstress at some point or <laughs> not that I know maybe a past life <laughs> uh, I met a, f- a friend actually through the Truckee Bike Packing Collective uh, he's like oh yeah I sewed all these bags I'm like man these are stunning you know uh, can you teach me he's like absolutely come on over so oh, that's cool who is that uh, his name is Andrew Chapman um, okay. he's 
talk about bike packing, man. That guy is a legend. He's the most modest, quiet guy ever, and he just rips bikes. Hell yeah. Sounds um, like a corollary to t- me. So totally. T- since you brought that up, tell us a little bit about what, what you started with the Tricky Bike Packing Collective. What's that all about? Uh, it is a collective. So it's a bunch of people. Um, it, it We go out once a month. Um, the idea was to force myself to go bikepacking once a month in the summer. Um, so I started a little page on Instagram. Um, the first one was a pretty big stint out, uh, just east of Loyalton, uh, which was northwest of Peavine in the, kind of the middle of nowhere in that mountain range, um, with me and my buddy. And we rode up there and then dropped into Loyalton the next day and came back. It's like, man, that was pretty sick, but it'd be cool with more people. Uh, so we put the word out and it's kind of been growing ever since, uh, we went out, we did about six or seven rides last summer. Our biggest one being about nine people. We went up to Long Lake. Um, that was a trip in itself. Which Long Lake? Uh, up, up near like Serene Lakes on the summit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Nice. And rode the train tunnels all the way down and saw the Perseids meteor shower. I mean, it was super killer. Wow. Um, but it's cool because bikepacking is like this thing that people do um, solo or with their significant other or like their core group of people. Um, and putting out like this word that we had this monthly thing going really got people out of the woodwork and they're like, Hey, I bike back too, man. Like I'll be there. And this cool. people came out of like their little nests and started coming bike packing. <laughs> it was so cool. It just like all over show up with all their hand, hand sewn bags. Like check out my bags. I got my bags. Like, everybody's got their own bags. You're like, dang, it's pretty, pretty rad. It's a pretty rad thing. And just like, uh, it's very humbling, you know, to get people out there on the bikes and as simple as it is, people just show up and we rendezvous and they say, all right, we're going to follow Jake man out into the woods. We don't even know where we're going. I was like, all right. Oh, so you were the leader of this misfit crew. Totally. Yeah. I did uh, all the routing and, uh, and kind of lead them out into a cool place, hopefully. Hey, this is Rat Tail Rick with Trash and Treasure on WMTT Hot Country 103. Give us a call. Tell us what you got for sale today. Hey, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? This is uh, Tony Turbo down there in East Sandwich. Hey, I got this uh, big ag knees three-person tent here. Uh, definitely doesn't fit three people. Went camping with the wife. What can I say? She hates camping, so it's for sales, okay? Used only once because I'm a good fella, be honest. It's got a wee-wee stain in it from my old dog, Rocky, okay? 200 bones, it's yours. We'll trade for a decent lawnmower. Call me at one two three four five six seven. All right, Tony Turbo and East Sandwich has a not a three person tent with a wee wee stain for sale. Two hundred dollars or trade for a lawnmower. Ring them up at one two three four five. There's a better way to buy, sell, and rent used outdoor gear. Sendy, a new peer to peer online marketplace backed by Cam Zinc and Travis Rice. Built by athletes for athletes, Sendy is committed to providing the outdoor community with a high quality hub for high quality gear. Sendy provides a safe platform for buying, selling, and renting, making sketchy meetups with shady characters and seedy parking lots a thing of the past. Sendy uses integrated and discounted UPS rates, QR codes, and print-ready labels, shipping anywhere in the U.S., with Canada coming soon. Download the app today for free at the Apple Store, Google Play, or visit sendy.io. 
Buy it, sell it, rent it, and send it with Sendy, charter partner of Mind the Track. Now, back to the show. So tell me about the materials you're using on these bags. They're waterproof? You're making waterproof bags. Totally, yeah. So you just get some waterproof zippers. I use rockywoods.com. A great supplier out of, I want to say Loveland, Colorado. Um, and then I've just been using Cordura. Um, hmm which is a great material. Um, it's not as expensive as the rip stop, like X-Pack stuff that uh, you'll see Revelate make bags with. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've just been kind of, went through kind of a breakup and sat on the sewing machine for hours and hours and hours and just kind of fell in love with sewing. <laughs> um, and doing that, my friend who makes these beautiful uh, yoga camping mats that are kind of origami style, She's like, hey, I use the same. Is that Rachel? Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Hell She's yeah. like, hey, like I got all these scraps. You should just oh, take yeah. all these okay. and make Perfect. bike bags with them. So I've been using her seconds to make bags, which has been really cool and just makes me feel like I have a little bit more purpose with the nice. with repurposing, honestly, all of her materials. So, um, yeah, another cool little step to the process. What kind of sewing machine do you have, Jake? Yeah. Oh, it's a brother. It's a Project Runway. <laughs> it's hot pink. <laughs> it's what? It's not Project, hot pink. Did you pick that up at the thrift store or something? Or? 30 bucks, Craigslist. It's, <laughs> Are you going to be the next con contestant on Project Runway? Oh, yeah. You should see the dresses that I'm kind of whipping up right now. <laughs> I wonder if they sell uh, used snowing, sewing machines on Sandy. <laughs> to make bags and stuff. <laughs> New market. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a, another if category. Need, if you need an upgrade in sewing machine, they might be able to find one on Cindy. We'll see. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to email them and be like, you need to add a sewing machine category so yeah. people can make their own bike packing bags. <laughs> I'm on it. I'll send the email tomorrow. <laughs> Too oh good. man, thirty bucks on Craigslist for a hot pink sewing machine. That's a good deal. Yeah, not bad. Uh, it's it's been a great hobby. <laughs> Who like, what was that transaction like? You walk, you somebody somebody in Truckee here just had like a yeah sewing machine, and you're up in Armstrong Track. It was it was was super... it Johnny Benda? <laughs> <laughs> Cannot <In> confirm. <laughs> uh, oh, it was up funny. in Armstrong Track. These people were moving back to Maine, and they were like, "Yo, here's the sewing machine." I was like, "Rad." And then they uh, tried to sell me their house, too. They're like, it's going on the market today. I, like, I can do it. Yeah, it's 30 bucks for a sewing machine, but... An hey. extra 50 for the house. <laughs> 1.2 1. for a house. 1.2 for a house in Armstrong Drag. Oh, man, that's funny. Did you? So did you give them the old Vermonter? Hey, I'm from Vermont. And oh, yeah, of course. Did they yeah, give you yeah. a deal? What was their listing Oh, they price? were asking 70. Oh, dang, you got a deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They one, they said sixty once they heard I was from Vermont. I was like, "You don't really want this item, you know." <laughs> I only got thirty bucks cash too, anyway. So. <laughs> Take it or leave it. <laughs> it worked out in my favor. I'm gonna That's keep you hilarious. in mind when I, the next time I need some kind of custom, custom something sewn. Yeah, yeah, dude. I have I some upholstery it. that I need to have done. Can you help me with upholstery? If it's for this beautiful rig, I'll try not to mess up the aesthetics of it. What's but this? I'd love to help. Yeah, this. I I want to redo these these seats, and then I have an '84 GTI that I have got original fabric, like a roll of it. But and the seats are kind of worn out, and I don't I don't know. I'm not. I could teach myself, but if you already know how to do it, I might just hire you to do it. 
Yeah, you don't have to hire me. I'll just do it <laughs> if I come back. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's another question <laughs> yeah, I have so for you. What? We talked about this earlier. You're going to Port Townsend, Washington. Are, is, and then what? And then what? Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, I'm going to be up there just kind of hanging. I'm going to ride squishy bikes and bum around on the islands and got some good beta from Sky, who, from Truckee Dirt Union. Oh, yeah, because uh, he, he's from Beham. Yeah, right? he grew yeah. up there and just, yeah, he loaded me with some good beta. Yeah, um, gave, so, gave you a ride list. Yeah, he gave me a ride list, um, undisclosed, cannot share, and uh, some cool camp spots, so cool. pretty hyped. Nice. Um, but, yeah, besides that, back to Vermont for September for a couple weddings, and uh, we'll go from there. So what are what are people going to do at New Moon with, without you there, Jake? Are, is there still going to be good cold beer there? There's going to be really good cold beer. Okay. Like, yeah, so tell us about that cuz you told us earlier that you quit your job and then you suddenly this and this is like <laughs> the five habits of highly successful slackers. You you quit your job and then they gave you a pay raise and an offer on a better job. I don't job. think that's come yet, but I think it's probably coming. No, before though. Oh, it, yeah, when I went on the divide. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the beer guy when I left. Uh, same time I left Pianetta and Came back from the divide, uh, which was about two and a half months. I I did not give him a raise. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't go back. I didn't go back to the restaurant. (laughs) I made a solid promise to myself. No more service industry. (laughs) It's nothing personal. Um, But yeah, I showed back up at New Moon and they're like, hey man, like, you know, you've learned a lot on the trail and you did a great job selling beer, man. So do you want to be a front end manager? And I said, well, Yeah. But is this a joke? <laughs> I thought they were pulling my leg for sure. But yeah, I, that that place has got my heart, and it's really kept me in town. Um, I can't I can't praise that place enough. It is truly a family. They are super rad. They they also have been donating to the Truckee Dirt Union recently. New Moon, New Moon has. I think they're yeah. when you check out, there's an option to donate oh, that's to cool. the Truckee Dirt Union. No is, way, is that right, Jake? Heck yeah, 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 a Roundup little, program. Roundup. That's yeah, a Roundup for building Rad Trail. That's so cool. Single track rad. So thank you to everyone at at Truckee Dirt Union. And it's not like a choice of like multiple different things. It's just like, is it just TDU? Totally. Yeah. It's just just TDU. That's awesome. Yeah. So big shout out to to New Moon. They're they're losing Jake, man, but they have been supporting some rad trail on (laughs) Truckee. Well, who knows? He might come back. Yeah, he might come back. So I will say this, man. Um, Not, pardon the pun. Um, I have a lot of friends who've lived in Reno, Truckee, Tahoe, and they've left. They've either they've either gone to Colorado or they've gone to Wyoming or they've gone to Washington or they've gone to Oregon or wherever. And they all say I miss it there. It they all you know, I have not met one person who's left here and been like, "Damn, I'm so glad I left there." Um, so, you know, you never know, man. You might you might be up there for a bit. And then realize this here is pretty awesome. I got to ride back to Truckee now. Yeah, I got to. <laughs> yeah, gotta, shit. Get on my get on my karate monkey with my handmade bags and go back to Truckee. Uh, the thing is about starting on the north part of the country. It's just you got to push at the top, and it's all downhill. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'll maybe I'll fly up there and join you for that part. Yeah, it's the downhill the, return. It's downhill. Well, you got an e-bike now, so you should be fine. Well, it's tailwind. No, when you go from you know Washington to California, it's tailwind the whole way. 
Did right. you know that? I did, unfortunately. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> I'm ready for the northbound. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sort yes and no. Like there'll be days with tailwind that you'll have, but generally speaking, like when people are doing these point to point rides, they're starting in the north and going to the south. But you know, whatever. It and makes you strong. You're a strong young lad. Yeah, you can yeah. Do, you can do that. Headwind is good for you. Yeah, headwind's good for me. <laughs> It'll put some more hair in that mustache. <laughs> How do you think the curls come in? <laughs> good stuff. So wait, let's just uh, again one more time. Let's. I want to give a plug to the to the cause that that you're writing for. And how how can people find that again? Yeah, check it out. It's World Bicycle Relief. Um, even if you guys just do your research and pop on the page, it's really cool to learn about. Cool. Um, I think even just awareness and reading the website is a cool thing to do. Um, it's super easy. Get off Instagram, stop scrolling, take a second to just go to it. Um, again, my fundraiser page that is for my ride is in my link. There's a link or, on your or, Insta, not totally. Jake, man. Okay. Yeah, and even if you're just donating to the full organization, it it's all going to the same place. Um, it's for people to ride bikes, to save hours out of their week. Um, it just makes their lives a lot easier and better so i think it's pretty awesome man that you have like a a bigger um bigger picture objective with this beyond just going on a bike ride that's really cool um and i only wish that tom and i um could have uh more listeners than what we have currently to provide you with more support but you know hey we have a small but devoted crew of listeners at least at this point it's growing you know, the, the cool thing is that we're going to have Jake back on the show when yeah, he's yeah. done That's... if he decides to come back to Truckee because we only do in person. So we're not going to Zoom you from up in Washington or wherever you end up. So if you come back, we are definitely going to have you back on the show to do a, an after a recap. episode. Yeah. yeah. Because I love to talk to people before a trip. And then before a bicycle trip and then after a bicycle trip, because like there's just this transformational thing that happens during that process. That's pretty awesome. And yep. you've experienced it and you know what I'm talking about. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it doesn't get old. And that's why no, we it never do gets it. old. <laughs> yeah. And I'm overdue for another one. I'm, I'm living vicariously through you at this moment, but you know, I don't like to live vicariously i like to actually do the stuff you know so i you might provide me with some motivation to get my ass back out there and do a multi-day because it's fun man to just ride just have there's this unbelievably beautiful simplicity about existence when you are on a bike and your only objectives are to ride miles to sleep and to eat and to meet new friends and that's your whole existence and it is just this freaking amazing simplicity and that's what i love most about those types of adventures totally yep. and it's not that expensive no so quit yeah, your, you can quit your day job and then come back with a with a pay raise and a title and a, a better title <laughs> not beer guy not jake man <laughs> so so jake as we wrap this uh up we we love to ask our guests when they're on the show uh, what what mind the track means to them, and and we and this we're putting this one on you now to sort of take take a minute think about it. But when you when you hear the when you when you see those words or or when you when you hear that the term mind the track, what is it? What does it mean to you? Heading yeah. off on this long long adventure you're going to take. Yeah, it kind of takes a couple of days um, into the ride, but I think it kind of 
means for me to get in that state of putting your legs to work without even thinking about it and finding that right cadence on the bicycle um, where your body doesn't even feel like it's working. Um, it's kind of like the flow state. It mm -hmm. happens naturally, and it's crazy what small circles with your legs can do for your brain. Um, good friend Harrison told me that. I was like, that's well said, man. That's very well said. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, the flow state for your brain, it's just, it's a magical place, and I can't, cannot recommend people to go ride bikes enough. I mean, yeah, it just helps everybody out. Yeah, it's cool. one of it's one of mankind's greatest inventions ever, man. You know, yeah. it provides so much beyond just health and happiness, but uh, a means of affordable transportation, which you're prov like through your efforts with World Bicycle Relief, you're providing with you know people in third world countries with a means of transportation and a, a way of life and 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 happiness and health and the bicycle and it really hasn't changed much. I mean, the bike you're riding, Karate Monkey, like it's a steel frame. It's, you know, it's got a chain and cog driven drivetrain. Yeah. You've got sus suspension and stuff on it, but like the bicycle hasn't changed much in more than a hundred years. Like it's pretty much the same thing it was when it was first invented. There are some, you know, materials improvements and geometry and, you know, better brakes and all that. But like, it's a pneumatic tired chain and cog driven triangulated, contraption a velocipede that moves you along the road and it's it hasn't changed a lot and it's a, it changes people's lives for the better and uh you know yeah. small I, small circles into big circles yeah totally man yeah yeah well jake man it's been jake man i say jake man and <laughs> then i'm like that's his actual it's name jake it's man. like jake yeah, man that's, been that's the first time i'm hearing it <laughs> it's been <yeah. laughs> Well, Jake, man. It's been killer having you on the show, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. I can't thank you guys enough. Yeah. So, Jake, if you hadn't already heard, at not Jake Man is his Instagram. Follow, yeah, no. follow along on the adventure. It is me, I swear. <laughs> are you gonna and you're gonna be? Are you gonna be posting along the way, or are you just like kind of going dark? Yeah, it's it'll it'll be a good uh, little social media following. There's some funny moments that happen on the trail inevitably, and. Yeah, I try to document those just for people watching. Um, it gets people involved, and, and you know, cool. it's 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 a good time. <laughs> Heck yeah! Well, for those listening, follow not Jake Man and uh, make a contribution and help him out. You know, help out other people. Uh, World Bicycle Relief, and uh, yeah, follow along. I, I'll, I'll be following along for sure. I want to see. I'm what looking you, forward to the get ride. Yourself into man. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, good on you, Jake. Thanks for coming on the show. Pardon the all the car noise. I I thought Donner Pass Road was pretty chill this time of night, yeah, but there's it. a lot of cars going by. But anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's been a cool spot to record here overlooking Donner Lake. Oh yeah, it's pretty. I mean, for the people who see this on the on the uh, on the YouTube channel, whenever we get that going, they'll be stoked on it. Um, but yeah, Jake, thanks right, again. Right on, buddy. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, and, guys. Uh, yeah, man. Good luck. Thanks. That's all I can say, man, is just good luck and have a blast because you will. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to episode number 11 of Mind the Track with our guest, with our guest Jake Mann and his trip that he's going to be taking to Port Townsend, Washington. And uh, I know he will be doing this, but our listeners, you should be doing this too. Until next time.
Get out there, get deep, and put your mind in the track. Mm-hmm.